Welcome to the Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin, where to begin, grow, and aspire to become the best stylist you can be. Whether you're thinking about becoming a stylist, opening a salon, or developing your skills as an experienced stylist, the next step of your beauty career starts here. Each week, we'll discuss strategic ways to design, plan, and execute on becoming a stylist that excels behind the chair and above the bottom line. Here's your host, Tracy Franklin. Do you ever look at your service menu and think it's a little bit one-dimensional? Like maybe you're not offering enough of a variety of services to your guest. Do you even know what services your guests want? I mean, you can't really provide them with new and exciting services if you don't even know what it is they're looking for. I think it's so important to have a really diversified portfolio, especially in the beginning. You just cannot be a one-trick pony in this industry, or your clients will be forced to look elsewhere for services that they want. Your clients may want a place where they can get more of their services done, so be that place. If your guest is coming in for a color service, then maybe they also want their eyebrows tinted or their eyebrows waxed. Are you offering your clients the little extras that they may want to receive? The only way that you can find out is by asking them, you know, take the time to have that conversation with your guests. Like, what other services would you be interested in? I'm looking to grow my portfolio and I'm just kind of surveying some of my guests and finding out what it is exactly that they want. Because you may have something that you're really interested in learning how to do, but if you don't have the demand for it, then it's not going to be very lucrative and then you're going to get discouraged. In the beginning, you need to have a very diversified portfolio. You're building your clientele. And that means you really need to be ready for whatever walks in the door. You're not in a place in your career yet where you can afford to really be picky. So it is important to know how to do the basics and maybe even a few extra things. As you continue to grow and succeed, you will be able to find your niche and really lean into that. And I think that is so great. I mean, I've really enjoyed figuring out what services I love to perform because it makes my work more enjoyable. But you can't negate the services that your guests want and depend on. And I'm just going to use haircutting as an example. I hear so many stylists and even some stylists in my own salon that grow weary of doing haircuts. Well, the thing about a haircut is, for one thing, it's going to usually be the first thing that a guest tries when they call your salon. If you'll notice, a lot of your guests are not willing to dive all the way deep in the services that they want to receive. They want to kind of test the waters and they want to make sure that you're a good stylist. And that's going to start with a really great haircut. And the other thing about haircuts is it makes all your other work look really good and really polished. It doesn't matter if you're doing color or extension services. A great haircut is always going to follow that and it's going to make your extensions blend better and it's going to make your color pop more. So don't forget how important some of those basic services are. And don't forget that no matter what, you're going to be cutting hair for the rest of your career unless you just decide to specialize in something. And some people do that. But for me, that would just be a little bit one dimensional. And I like to offer a lot of things. I like my guests to be able to sit in my chair and know that I've got them from the beginning to the end. So how do you identify the new services that you should offer? You know, you can really love a service and really be interested in it and feel like you could be good at it. But will it serve your particular client base? 
An example of that for me would be vivid hair color. Like I look at vivid hair color and it just excites my eyes. It's like a feast for my eyes. It's so beautiful and bold and vibrant. And I think it's absolutely gorgeous. And I love the way that society is kind of embracing this trend now, you know. I can remember when I first got into this industry, like the only people that wore vivid hair color were hairstylists and, you know, musicians and just really eccentric people. But it's become more of the norm. And that really excites me because I believe that it's more commonplace now in the workspace and in schools and things like that to allow people to express their self with hair color. So I'm really glad to see this catching on. But at the end of the day, that is not the service that is going to best suit my guests' needs. My guests are blondes, they're extension wearers, they are professionals, and that's just not their particular style. I'm sure they appreciate the art behind it, but if I were to bring that in and offer that to them, I don't think I would get very many takers. Some services become really popular. They emerge onto the scene and they really catch on. And a few of those that have really paid off for me are texturizing services like Brazilian blowouts. Before, there was no way to eliminate frizz completely for guests. So you could offer them an at-home regimen that would help. You could make sure that their hair was healthy and nourished, but it wouldn't really reduce their frizz. Well, this is a huge problem for a very large percent of people. It's at the top of the list for things that clients struggle with. I was at a hair show in Birmingham several years ago, and I had heard of Brazilian blowout before, but honestly, I really didn't know what it was. I thought it was some version of a blowout, of a traditional blowout. Well, of course, I I sat in, you know, they have the presentations on stage at these shows. And so I sat in on one of the presentations and my mind was blown. I honestly thought it was probably too good to be true, but they were having a really good intro deal like they typically do at these shows. So I signed up and brought it into the salon made sure everyone got certified, and it literally took off. There was no one in my community offering this particular service, and it really, really caught on. And now it is absolutely one of our biggest sellers and a really, really great new stream of revenue for me and my stylists. Another one is hair extensions. So I'm going to take you back to the beginning of my hair extension journey. We were doing what are now called eye tips, where you place the strand by strand of hair in individual beads. And, you know, there was really no way to blend that. To me, it looked like really almost noodly. If you can close your eyes and picture what I'm talking about, you'll know exactly what I'm trying to say. There was just no real way to make that look good. But if people wanted length, that was what we were doing. It took an immense amount of time to perform this service. I think a typical full application would take me about eight hours. I knew I was interested in the service, but I just really could not get behind this technique. So for a while there, I didn't do any hair extensions at all. And as our industry continues to evolve like it always does, tape-in extensions came out. So I thought, okay, this is a brand new way for me to offer this service. So now I'm offering tape-in extensions. They're very thin wefts. They blend really well with the hair. And I'm excited about the hair extension industry again. And now we have hand-tied wefts and machine wefts and lots of other ways of performing this service. And now it is absolutely what I'm known for. It's my favorite service to provide. And I have created a platform with my clientele where most of my clients are wearing hair extensions now. I want to emphasize the importance of proper training and education when you're offering new services. As for me, I'm a paper chaser. And what I mean by that is I love certifications. 
We have something at my salon called the Wall of Fame, and it's where all of our stylists have their name on the wall and all of their certifications underneath it. Well, I take a lot of pride in that. I have a lot of them, and it is definitely a talking point for the clients in the salon. There's a big difference in free education versus certification. Free education is great, and I think it's really great for fine-tuning your skill set. It's great for learning new techniques and things like that. But when it comes to learning how to do a brand new service from start to finish, I really prefer a certification because I really like all of the support that I get. I like how they break it down in great detail. A lot of times you get to go somewhere fun to get your certification and get out of the salon for a while and, you know, rub elbows with other industry people. And it's just a lot of fun. And so for me, I feel like if you're just looking to clean up your skill set, free education is great and there's an abundance of it. But if you're going to bring in something brand new, I recommend getting certified in it. And then that way you can brag to your clients about your big weekend and your certification and they can feel really comfortable that you've been properly trained. So when it comes to new services and certifications, where can you look? You know, where can you go to find these new services? What's new? What's up and coming? What's trending in the industry? For me, again, it's going to conferences and hair shows. It's going to classes and other salons and seeing what they're doing. It's just really staying aware of what's going on around you. There are a lot of big brands out there that take a lot of pride in creating something new and being the first one to design a new service or a new product. And don't forget about the brand partnerships that you already have in place. I mean, these companies spend a lot of time on research. I mean, they literally have people that actually have the job of shopping trends, of like monitoring what's going on in the industry. And it's really important that you just get out of your own neighborhood, like go somewhere new, open your eyes to a new horizon. You know, you can't really rely on your hometown to tell you what's going on in New York or L.A. You got to get out of your own neighborhood, get out there see something new, and be totally inspired by it. So how do you effectively market and promote this new service that you've learned? Well, I would start with your current clientele. I would be mentioning it to anybody and everybody that sat in my chair. I mean, you need to be excited. Shout it from the rooftop. Literally post it on the walls. Put a flyer on your station. Talk about it over and over again so that people don't leave that appointment without knowing about the exciting new thing that you're doing. Literally talk to every client that sits in your chair and make sure that you are networking with other professionals in the salon. Make sure that the estheticians and the nail techs and even the other hairstylists that don't offer this service are talking about what you're doing. Inter-salon networking is a huge promotional tool that people sleep on all the time. Make sure you ask your coworkers to help you out. Let them know how excited you are and have them spread the word for you. Start out with offering a promotion. Maybe you come up with an entry price, you know, a little discount that inspires people to try it out. Definitely be posting on social media. Make sure that there are a lot of eyes on this exciting new thing that you're doing. And make sure you get good content. You know, I would try to recruit a model like a girl or a guy with really great hair and have them come in, you know, offer to do it at a big discount or maybe even free so that you can get some really great pictures for your social media. And lastly, I would do a giveaway. I love giveaways because the benefit of those is that a lot of people are sharing that content for you on their page. And a lot of people will see it that would not otherwise even know what you're doing 
who you are or any of that. So it's a really great way to build your audience. So I want to explain the importance of tracking the success of your new service. You're going to need to keep records. You can keep handwritten records if you don't have a really great software that keeps up with it. But you need to know how many people are getting this new service, how many of your new clients have enlisted in your offer and have taken advantage of this new opportunity with you. What percentage of your clients are actually trying new things with you and what is falling flat? What is it that you're offering that they aren't interested in and maybe never were? That's important information to know. At the end of the day, we're learning to do a new service so that we can increase our income, so that we can make more money behind the chair. Yes, it's very important to have that little spark of excitement when you learn something new. And I think it's really important to honor whatever like your spirit is saying about what direction you should be going in with your career. That voice inside of you that says, hey, this is really going to work. That's all really, really powerful. But at the end of the day, you do need to be monitoring the numbers. You need to make sure that what you're doing is actually growing your business and actually creating a new revenue stream for you. So how do you stay informed about the latest trends and products? How do you know what your client's preferences are? And how do you know that you are going to be able to offer them the services that remain relevant and profitable? Again, I'm going to talk about hair shows and conferences. It is by far one of the most important things you can do to stay relevant in this industry. Hair shows come out at a very strategic time of the year when the trends are about to shift. So just know that that is not by accident, that that is a carefully orchestrated process. And whenever I see a new hair show, I'm always looking at my book. I'm always looking at my education budget and I'm seeing if it's possible because quite honestly, I would go to all of them if I could. That's how much I love them. That's how much I enjoy being inspired by other professionals. And how I stay passionate and how my fire stays ignited in this industry. I really like to read fashion magazines. I know that might sound a little bit old school, but I am a little old school. And I really still love the way a Vogue magazine feels in my hands and the way it smells, especially with all those yummy perfume samples that they still put in there. But I think that's a really easy and relevant way to kind of see what's going on, because honestly, like celebrities are definitely determining and making the biggest contribution into what's about to trend. So you're going to find all that information inside these magazines. And lastly, make sure that your scrolling is relevant. Like, don't just get on there so that you can be entertained for a few minutes. Make sure that you're being very intentional about your time on social media because you should be following people that inspire you and keep you up to date on what's going on in this industry. So make sure that you are following enough of those type of people and that enough of that content is showing up in your feed. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin is a Morgan Franklin production. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin. Editing and post-production by Mike Franklin. Want to find out more about Tracy and the Aspiring Barber and Beauty Academy? Go to AspireBarberAndBeauty.com.